As promised, Saturday episode of the Lockdown Wolverines podcast is here. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. Today is the spring game day. If I sound garbly, it's because I have to eliminate the sound of the heat in the background because it is cold outside right now. Thankfully, once it rolls around, it should be like 56, 57 degrees, which won't feel as cold as I do at the moment as I'm recording this. I know that was kind of a kind of got into a Brock Meyer type cadence there for a second. I, I don't know if I have a Brock Meyer in me, by the way. Start talking. Uh, I could try to do an impression now, but I feel like I need to hone it before I even try to pull one out. Uh, y'all gonna make fun of me anyway, but I don't know. We'll see. Maybe maybe somewhere in this episode, I'll I'll just try it to see if I have it. Um. Anyway, we are going to preview the spring game here today. Uh, it's not really an actual spring game. It's going to be a lot of it's going to be an actual practice, and then there's going to be control, controlled scrimmage portions of it. So, yeah, we'll get to see some stuff. We'll get to, like, actually kind of glean something. Um, but uh, so today we're going to we're going to do our three segments as we start out with the five storylines that uh, we've been kind of following this spring. Then the five things I want to see today, and then the five players to watch. Pretty simple, pretty easy. Get through it. Might not be a full 28 minutes, might be over, might be under, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how much I can talk. Or how little I can talk. I don't know. Depends on depends on what you want, right? It's Masters Week, weekend, you know, golf rules, maybe. At least for me, it's that, that kind of works. Speaking of, by the way, I love how... You, you get your Tiger rooters and you're the people that are rooting against Tiger. And it's just, and I, I'm indifferent, by the way. Like, yeah, I'd like to see him do good. I'd like to see him get another major just because, you know, it's, it was sad how he fell off. But, uh, I mean, Ricky Fowler's my guy. With unequivocally, Ricky Fowler's my guy. But I just think it's funny. Like, you had your people that were like, like laughing at all the people that were excited about Tiger's day one and then look at what he did day two. Yesterday was awesome with what I got to watch. Um, all right, so this is a master's podcast now. No, it's spring spring preview. Let's get into it. I always waste way too much time and then end up not having enough time. So Alright, so five storylines. The five things that I have been watching. So it's We're basically going five things I have been watching, five things that I want to see, and then the five players I can't wait to see. Um, So it starts, obviously, with the the brand new offense, which is what when I went on Jamie Morris' show yesterday is, you know, I co-host the Friday show with him. We had a – it was pretty cool. We had um, Jared Irons and Fred Jackson and uh, Thomas Goins and Shea. Um, not Patterson. I can't remember his last name offhand. I'm sorry, but um, so you know, we talked obviously quite a bit about like what is this offense going to be, and I I didn't correct this there because I didn't want to be disrespectful to uh, the former coach Fred Jackson, but uh, like he said that Michigan's offensive line was going to go with strictly power schemes, which is not the case. They are a zone schemed offensive line. That uh, that's what they are. That under Ed Warner, Ed Warner doesn't teach anything else. That's what we saw last year. It's zone. 
So that plays in really well. So you've, you've got your strength of your offense, your offensive line, and then you work from there to create this pro spread. And he says pro spread, it's, it's you know, speed and space, big speed and space. Tight ends are going to be heavily predicated. A lot of it is the idea that you're still going to run a downhill type look in a lot of ways. But you're also going to pass. You're going to have RPOs. You're going to pass vertically, is according to what Josh Gaddis said. He said, hey, we're not here to dink and dunk. That is not what we want to do. We want to stretch the field vertically. We want to move the ball downfield. And not, we don't want to just, we don't want to go east and west to move north and south. We want to move north and south. So we're not going to obviously get to see a lot of the receivers we want to see, is in two of them, particularly. Donovan Peoples-Jones and Nico Collins. But at the same time, I mean, they're kind of known commodities, so that's probably fine in some regards, in some respects. But uh, what we do get is to uh, to see the quarterbacks, and not just Shea Patterson. Now, I, I am excited to see Shea for the sake of this feels like it's been built for him, right? We've... Uh, We've heard this from some of the some of the players and coaches about Shea. It's like it feels like this is exactly what he's supposed to be doing. But then you you hear good reports about Dylan McCaffrey, and obviously Joe Milton's got a lot of capability, and and you know Cade McNamara had probably the best throw in the open practice last week. So there's a lot to look at there. The Josh Gaddis offense is. The biggest storyline of the spring, and it's bar none. Beyond that, I'm the front seven depth is, and I'm kind of lumping everything there, but I mean, really, it starts with the defensive line, but linebackers are also a big question mark to me. That's another thing because you've got new guys coaching that front seven. I mean, aside from Don Brown, who oversees the middle linebacker position. But you got Anthony Campanile, you've got Sean Nua, and really the defensive line is to me like the biggest question mark just because by virtue of the type of talent you lost and the relative inexperience of the guys that come in. Because the guys that are coming in don't they, they don't have the same type of experience that Chase and Rashawn had in twenty sixteen before they got their chance in twenty seventeen. Like there was zero point zero concern on my end about the defensive line going into the 2017 season. I had no concern. Right now, I'm not saying I have concern. I have some concern. I'm definitely not 100% concerned. I'm probably 50% because, and that might even be higher than what I would be if Greg Madison had returned, but just for the sake of the consistency. Now, it sounds like they've bought into Sean Nua, but you lose an all-timer at the position, which unfortunately, given that he's now at Ohio State, that's what Greg Madison is, it, it's hard to, to really figure out where, <laughs> you know, it, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to finish that thought, but that's, uh, it's hard to contend with. I mean, there's no other way to put it. So, uh, but I also want to know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm way more skeptical. Like I was not, I was not skeptical 
when it came to Devin Bush being the middle linebacker. I knew he was going to have the type of career he ended up having. I just did. I remember predicting going into the 2017 season. I remember it was with 24-7 sports, and I think it was the podcast or something that we did before the uh, before that, or maybe I did a preview. I don't remember how it went. I think it was the podcast. So I remember doing a group prediction, and uh, I remember being the one saying, like, hey, look, Devin Bush is going to be a monster. And he absolutely was that. So, I don't know, I always lose my voice in the morning. But Anyway, so, I just want to see what they do there. I mean, you've got guys, you've got guys that are going to be great. I mean, you're full of four stars for the most part. And some of them that aren't four stars might be some of your really good guys. I know people are sleeping on Devin Gill, former two-star at one point. But so was Josh Metellus, and Metellus has been really good. And you figure Devin Gill, Josh Metellus, and Devin Bush all cut from the same cloth, played at the same high school, got the state championship. They're all, they, you know, they it's it's kind of weird to write those guys off. But uh, I, you know, but there's guys like Cam McGrone I can't wait to see. Jordan Anthony, we've been waiting to see Jordan Anthony. When he committed, I think people were really excited. Four-star from IMG Academy? Of course, please. Bring him here. So it, the front seven depth, I think, is is it's another storyline because it's we just don't know. You're replacing some really, really good guys. I don't think that they recovered in the interior, defensive interior from Mo Hurst being gone. But maybe, just maybe, with some of these guys now. We don't have the 1-4 in for the spring. So we'll see, but there's a lot to there. There's a lot of questions there, and with that in mind, chances for guys due to injury, because that's that's a huge deal, right? Like how many guys are out now? Wide receiver and running back were hit the hardest because you got your two, your two two of your main wideouts, two of your three main you know main dudes are gone. For the moment. Running back, it's not just injury, it's you know, Chris Evans with the with the academic thing. Zach Charbonnet didn't get to uh we are you know, he already knew he wasn't gonna participate in spring because had was having a procedure because of high school. Uh beyond that, um there's just not a lot of guys. True Wilson's your most experienced returner. Not just your most experienced returner, he's your only experienced returner <laughs> right now. Unless today we see Christian Turner or Hassan Haskins, and Hassan Haskins has no experience, but Christian Turner has a little bit. So it's time for whoever they have back there. And then, like they said, Jared Char's out, Lucas Andrighetto's out. I, I basically don't know who's there at this point, aside from True Wilson. But wide receiver, you know, want to see, obviously, Mike Sainer still stepped up. We get to see Tariq Black, get to see hopefully some, um, get to see some other guys like uh, Oliver Martin. Did I say Ronnie Bell already? I don't know. I got a, I got a text notification and got distracted, but uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of guys there that I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, Obviously Donovan Jeter, 
being a guy, you know, with one four being out for the spring, if he is out because he did dress for the, the spring practice last week, he just didn't participate much. But there's opportunities for some of those guys. Vincent Gray, since Levert Hill isn't in, that's another place where I can't. What I'm looking for forward to looking at today. Um, the right tackle battle, you know much about that. Andrew Stuber and Jalen Mayfield battling it out at right tackle. Um, they seem to be alternating back and forth, practice to practice, you know, ones with the twos. Um, I don't, you know, who's in today won't tell us necess- if it's, if, if it is just one of the two in today, it's not going to tell us much, but I mean, it really probably won't tell us much at all, but it's still a storyline that we've been following. This is the kicker battle. Jake Moody, Quinn Nordine. I know people are, it's weird how people turn, how quickly people turn. Like I, I posted some, you know, my Chris Partridge video and I've seen some people that are like Jake Moody forever, Quinn Nordine never type deal. And like, yeah, Quinn had the yips last year. He was inconsistent even the year before from here, you know, here and there. But for a guy that came in and had the, you know, the debut game he did and how, how kind of, you know, revered he was in year one. It's just so funny how quickly people turn on these guys sometimes. It's not fair. But I uh, really, really starting to get into some Brockmire type talk here. <laughs> My cadence is speaking. Um, I almost went Pat Caputo. I don't know. Anyway, um, kicker battle. That's the other thing to watch. Uh, they've each missed like two, as far as we had heard in the uh, in their practices. So it's neck and neck. I, I, I think it'll be curious. But uh, obviously, they're going to go for the guys who they think are going to give them the best chance to win. You know, it's not political. People like to make it sound like it's political, but it's not. All right, we went the full 14 minutes for the first segment, which I did not anticipate, but that's telling me this might be a longer episode, but we'll see. Uh, Do you have a smartphone with a voice assistant or even better, one of those smart speakers like an Amazon Echo, Google Home, or Apple HomePod? Or do you have that type of capability in your car? Well, if you do, just tell your voice assistant to play Lockdown Wolverines and go from there. With a new episode every weekday, it's as simple as that to stay connected, and you can do it with the help from the technology right in your car, your home, or even your hand. Remember, play Locked On Wolverines. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, coming up next again, the five players I'm looking forward to seeing the most uh, today. Uh, probably not going to be a surprise for the people, especially read the site, Wolverine's Wire, but uh, or even the podcast, honestly. But you know, we'll see how you guys feel about that. Uh, but uh, first, the five things that I want to see today, as much as we can see it, because shrug shoulders question mark. Number one, the defensive line step up. Because that, to me, is the biggest question mark on this team. 
more so even than linebacker because at least you know you've got that experience. But I mean, at the same time, linebacker, it's this is one of the things we talked about with Jared Irons yesterday. Like these guys, like they had, they, Jared said, you know, and keep in mind, he was a two time captain, all American for, for Michigan. He said that Devin Bush might have been the best linebacker that Michigan has ever had. So you lose that. Yeah. Might uh it's hard to make up because he did some things. That sideline to sideline ability. That's kinda hard to uh that's kinda hard to re- replace that. We saw that in the in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. But I I have more faith. It, this is not to say I don't have faith in the defensive line. I just have more faith that the linebackers will be okay. Because really you're looking at Will and Mike. And I think you've got, you know, like I've said before. Ben Gedeon's an NFL player, yes, but Ben Gedeon and Devin Bush are might as well be the opposite player, and they made they they made that defense work with Jabril Peppers at Viper, who I I think we can agree that Khalil Hudson's at least even with him. A lot of people I think think that he was he's better at Viper, with and I I would probably say 2017 made made it look that way. 2018 was a wash. Uh, Ben Gedeon at middle linebacker and Mike McCray at the will. I think you could say that Mike McCray and Devin Gill are probably relatively similar in capabilities and abilities. Mike McCray had a couple of interceptions and big plays that Devin Gill has not had yet, but I think they're not terribly dissimilar players is kind of what I'm saying. But I think that Josh Ross is probably a step up from Ben Gedeon. Probably, but we don't know. But at the same time, the defensive line, because you'd lost. Like, who knew that people were going to be relying so heavily on Lawrence Marshall on the inside last year? Brian Monet was your quintessential run stuffer. Dude was a behemoth and he was a beast. And then obviously Chase and Rashawn. And those guys are all gone. So today, obviously, we're we're probably not going to see Michael Duomforo. It would be cool if we do, but I doubt it. And you, we finally get to see Donovan Jeter in action. Carlo Kemp, after having had a year finally on the interior, and he looked pretty good last year. And we've seen Quiddy look really good, and we've seen uh, Aiden. We keep on hearing about how Aiden Hutchinson's just absolutely killing it. Uh, we get to see how guys like Luigi Villain, who I've been waiting on, like how did how does he look? Because uh, he's got to get get reacclimated to football. He hasn't played football in two years, so uh, that's to me the number one place where I'm looking. Number two, running back death behind True Wilson. It's not going to tell us anything for the season, but it's going to, I guess, is there another True Wilson to be had on this team? And it sounded like it was going to be Lucas Andrighetto before he tore his ACL. But you've got all these other guys that we might have to see. And honestly, not even behind Drew Wilson. How's Drew Wilson look? Because he was the number three back last year. People, I think, pencil him in as maybe even the number three back. Like The the panic about Drew Wilson is so overblown, by the way, for the sake of, like, even Fred Jackson said yesterday, he's like, I really like that guy, Drew Wilson. And I'm sure it's not exactly who you want to be the number one guy in the sense of not, this isn't to disparage him, I think you're looking to get to a Zach Charbonnet type place. 
then I say this just based off of Fred Jackson on our on the show yesterday saying, like, hey, we, Michigan hasn't had a first round running back draft pick since Chris Perry. It's been a long time since Michigan's had that. Michigan hasn't had a relatively highly drafted running back since, and I not say relatively highly drafted, just drafted running back since Mike Hart, sixth round. So I think they're looking for, you know, to they because Alabama keeps on bringing in these Damian Harris types, these Najee Harris types. Yeah, that's that's me sticking it, in, you know, the knife in a little bit since Damian was a Michigan commit. Najee essentially was. But uh, Najee wasn't committed anywhere. When people thought he was committed to Bama, I was told that he wasn't committed anywhere. Um, anyway. But True Wilson, my point is, is I feel like he's undervalued and underappreciated for the five fans, not by the coaches, but he, I mean, he had a better yards per carry than uh, Chris Evans with not that many less carries. Yes, different game situation than what Chris Evans got the ball in, but uh, that's the real only difference. So I feel like he's somewhat underappreciated. But... Is there going to be anyone behind him that maybe we need to look out for? Because you hope they can build that depth. Now, granted, when season starts, might be a completely different room entirely, right? Um, for running back, that's for true. It's like it's Ben Van Sumeren's the guy I guess we're looking at today. But aside from that, I mean, in the fall, we might have Chris Evans, Zach Charbonnet, Christian Turner, True Wilson, etc. The stable of backs might be like incredible, but right now it's true. Wilson, Ben Van Sumeren, people I've never heard of. Um, obviously with the other thing I want to see is the passing game. Just what does it look like? Talking to my friend, Charles, he's a former walk on, uh, for like a semester or a year. I'm not sure exactly how long he played, but I think he was there for a year back in the, uh, rich rod days. But, uh, he was like, man, I just want to see a crossing route. That's all I want to see. And I'm like, well, I saw what looked like crossing routes last week. Those underneath drag routes, those, you know, more shallow post routes were, you know, I I hope that's what I kind of hope we see more type of stuff like that. What does speed in space look like from a passing game perspective? That's one of the things that I'm very excited to be able to, see and find out today. Um, hopefully we get a better idea on the formation. Didn't change at all in the seven on seven component last week, which was only about five to seven minutes. And uh, that was with the running back lined up directly next to the quarterback. Every single play is that, what we're, are we going to see the same formation all the time? Is it, are we always in 12 formation proverbial? We, uh, which I don't usually like to use, but nonetheless, is that what we are looking at? Per, and people should not be afraid of the tight ends on the field. Alabama, teams like Alabama and Clemson and have always used them effectively. Michigan has used them effectively. People get so burnt up about a handful of bad plays. And really a handful. Zach Gentry was a staple of your offense last year. I know he didn't become the player that people had hoped overall, 
and obviously he had the bad game against Ohio State, which all of a sudden he's a villain, right? Just like Sean McCune came became a villain after the Outback Bowl, which is so unfair to him. But 12 personnel is what I would expect to see a lot of the time, if not most of the time. Um, Probably no worse than 11, unless, I mean, I'm sure there was a, a package where it's double zero. Um, I don't know. Um, nonetheless. Um, so, yeah, we will. Uh, we, the passing game is what I'm really looking forward to seeing, pro- you know, probably the most outside of the defensive line stuff. Uh, the question that I've already posed, is it possible to replace Devin Bush? That's going to be a huge deal. Like, and if if not Josh Ross, who? Is it Jordan Anthony? Because right now it's, it, it's Josh Ross and Jordan Anthony, just like it's Devin Gill and Cam McGrone. But I'm so excited about Cam McGrone and, and Jordan Anthony. Not to say I'm not excited about the other guys. I've just been like, I, anyone who's ever met me at this point knows how excited I am about Cam McGrone. So you could put anyone else in front of, like you could bring in Anthony Solomon. I'm going to be like Cam McGrone. I'm just excited about Cam McGrone. Uh Josh Ross, like I, I love the Ross family from from the dad to you know Biggs to to Josh. So, I, but I still don't know. Like Devin Bush was a generational type guy. Like I don't know how much if people realize how good he was and how much he made that defense work, and probably that's why Michigan was so stubborn to not mix things up the way that they had in like the 2016 Ohio state game defensively is because they like, Oh, we've got Devin Bush. We don't need to mix things up. That's what I'm excited to see. And for, to that idea, is there any other defensive changes in the sense of they didn't feel the need to do even, you know, people say that Don Brown never runs zone, hate zone. He has run some zone, but it's been very limited. And it's usually only one half of the field at a time. Uh, so it's, it's not something that the naked eye know, you know, relatively notices, but this didn't happen last two years because you had Devin Bush. So you kind of didn't need it. Still feel myself getting really Brockmire starting to talk like an old timey baseball guy. (laughs) Need to have Hank Azaria on the show. Just need him to just do a show for me. That would really be great. But that's, you know, that's the whole thing is. Being able to, being able to see, like, how do they adjust for maybe not having a guy that can go and cover that much ground that fast? Because he was the great neutralizer. He really was. So, um, 26 minutes, and we are going to go overtime. I'm going to get yelled at, but I don't care because we're going to go way overtime. Probably not way overtime. The last segment's not going to take terribly long but i'm gonna give you all of my thoughts before the spring game especially since it is saturday so whatever screw it let's do it remember to get this show every day subscribe to lockdown wolverines on the new himalaya podcast app and an ever-expanding podcast world you need himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day download himalaya at your app store and subscribe to lockdown wolverines Technically, I could probably get this show under time if I just literally list off the last five, the the five players that I'm looking out for today. 
just <laughs> list them and move on. Um, but no, we're not going to do that. Uh, so I don't think any any of these guys are going to be terribly surprising to anybody. They're not. But I'll explain why it is. Now, the first two are newcomers. So the first one is is no surprise to anyone. Mike Sainer still. We saw him make some plays in the practice last week, but he's been the guy everyone's been talking about. Everyone who's been to practice, Jim Harbaugh, uh, he's if you listen to the podcast about a week before Jim Harbaugh went onto his podcast and then said in person that Mike Sainer still is the dude, then you would have heard me say it. Because I had talked to some people and I said on the podcast there was two guys that I was you know hearing a lot about and Mike was one of them. Uh, so if you're one of those people that didn't listen to the podcast, but wanted to comment on, tried to guess who I was saying in the social media, Mike was one of those two guys. That was a weird thing, right? I, I, I put that up and I was like, there's two players I've heard of stand, been standing out, you know, it's Donovan Jeter and Mike Sainer still. And so I just said, you know, posted it online. Like there's two players I've heard of standing out and people just kept on like guessing. And it's like, you don't have to guess. You can actually listen to it. One person actually was like, I think they said Jalen Mayfield, Naden Hutchinson, which uh, they've both been doing really good, but those weren't the two guys that I had heard. And I was like, so I was like, not the guys that I've mentioned. And he's like, you're wrong. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'll, uh, I'll let the informed people that informed me know. Uh, nonetheless, Mike Sainer still. Uh, obviously is impressed a lot. He's made a name for himself v- relatively quickly. Helps, obviously, when you don't have Donovan and Nico out there. But he's a different type of player altogether uh, than than they are. He is that exact speed and space type guy. He's what everyone's expecting Giles Jackson to be, basically. So it's, it's pretty cool, especially because he is a guy who has been committed for almost a year it was a silent commit for a very long time because he was also committed to Virginia Tech and he was a cornerback. So for him to come in and play receiver the way he is, it's very exciting. Um, next is the other guy that had gotten all the accolades before Mike stole his spotlight, and that's Eric All, the tight end, who everyone tells me he just catches everything that's anywhere near him. That's the and and has contact courage. That's the other thing. That's that's what we heard from Sharon Moore was saying like, hey, he'll go out there and hit. And then I talked to one of my guys uh, from inside the building uh, later that day, and he was like, listen, he's not afraid of anybody, which is shocking, especially like given his frame compared to some of the other guys he's going up against. Like He is not afraid to take on big defensive ends. He's not afraid to do that. He's not afraid to go out and make hits. He's also a guy where it just feels like his gloves are covered in glue. He catches everything, and that's something we saw from the FBU camp last year in the summer. Is he won the FBU camp MVP? He went and like made a bunch of one-handed grabs that we had video of. It was insane. So, uh, it I'm very happy to hear that a true freshman tight end is able to do that. Obviously, it, that does that mean he passes Mustafa Muhammad, Luke Schumacher? Maybe, maybe not. We'll hopefully find out a little bit more about that depth today, but. As far as we could see uh, from last week, it was Nick Eubanks and Sean McCune were your your two two number one guys, and then it went the next two coming out were Eric All and then Mustafa Muhammad. So we'll see how it works out today. Um, Eric All had the highlight reel grab 
uh, at to end practice last week. Hopefully we see more of that. Up next, and this is, I mean, y- y'all might think this is just way too on the nose, but okay. Shea Patterson. Because like I said earlier, this offense basically fits him like a glove. So what does it look like? How does it? How does he take that and work with it? I I know like probably usually people are going to be more excited to see what the other three quarterbacks look like, but for me it's Shea is supposed to be your guy this year. He's a senior. How is this going to work out? He's a former five star. Does he come into his own? Does it start now, or do we go back to the 2017 spring game when Wilton Spate completed? Uh, I'm sorry for the text there, but when Wilton Spate completed 43% and Brandon Peters completed 50% and people were like, oh, Gaga over Brandon Peters. I don't know. Uh, But I just, what I do know is I want to see what Shea Patterson does with this. Can he go out there and just become the, you know, can he be one of those types of guys? Can he reach into that echelon? Like, I'm not saying Tua Tagovailoa, but can he go out there and get the type of accolades that a Jalen Hurts was getting or that a Jake Fromm was getting? I'm not expecting him to be Trevor Lawrence, but he could be. I'm not saying that's what he's going to be, obviously. But could he be one of those guys that can go out there and take the college football world by storm? Because it this system is built for a guy like Shea. And Shea's used to those types of accolades. He won the Army All-American Bowl MVP. That's all that Barton Simmons and Steve Wiltfong were talking about all week when I was down there in Army All-American in 2016. How good is Shea Patterson? Maybe it was that class, right? Because not a lot of those guys in that class are just killing it. Shea was the leader on his team. You also had... uh, you had KJ Costello at Stanford. You had Brandon Peters. The other side, you had Jacob Beeson, Felipe Franks, uh, Jawan Pass. So, I don't know. Maybe it's the class. That's but he he was the Tua of the year before. So he could do it, but we just haven't seen it. Uh. Cheating here and giving you two at two for one because I have another pick after this. But Donovan Jeter, Luigi Villain, two guys that came in in 2017, had season-ending injuries in fall, and uh, Jeter got to play a little bit in mop-up duty last year. Luigi did not because he had another season-ending surgery. But uh, how do those guys look in a game like this and a spring in a spring availability? We've heard about Jeter. We haven't heard as much about Villain, but uh, that's uh, those are guys that I, I'm obviously invested in and can't wait to see. Um, yeah, that's all I got about that. And then finally, another guy we've talked about a lot already is Josh Ross. How can he like Don Brown took a big step back from all of the hyperbole, right? Like I, you know, I asked Jim Harbaugh. How do you go about replacing Devin Bush? And he's like, oh, we got a little guy named Josh Ross. <laughs> that almost feels like for anyone who's watched Friends, it's like, I think you're forgetting about a little someone named Joshua. 
that's kind of yeah anyway then Khalil Hudson said oh you might be better than Devin Bush like okay that's some hyperbole could he end up being that sure but I'm not willing yet to be like this new guy essentially on the block is better than maybe the best ever that's ever done it but I just want to see can he take that step forward because Harbaugh says he has that same sideline to sideline range we just haven't seen it yet. So I'm excited. We know that he can hit. We know that. That's what people knew the most about Devin Bush when he first came on the scene. He can hit. So his speed came after. Let's see if uh let's see if the North can match the South in that sense. Alright, that is gonna do it for us. Um so th- yeah, we went a good ten minutes over on I don't care. But uh, obviously, Monday, we'll talk about the what we saw today. Uh, so look forward to that. For the Lockdown Wolverines podcast, I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. You can find me online at Isaiah Hole. Follow the podcast at On Wolverines or Wolverines Wire at Wolverines Wire. If you would like to be a featured sponsor on the show, please email me at LockdownWolverines at gmail.com. You can find us on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or online at wolverineswire.usatoday.com, where we post our daily podcasts every single day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage. This was Locked On Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.